Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dumb Dad Podcast. My name is Evan. I'm a dumb dad. Hey guys, I'm Kevin, and I'm a dumb dad. And I'm Bradley Hasemeyer, and I'm a dumb dad. Parents, if you're anything like me, going to the grocery store is a nightmare. My kid wanders off, screams, asks for things, even though we talked about it ahead of time, and she agreed she wouldn't do any of that stuff. <laughs> it's the worst. That's why I've switched to using Instacart. You can either use the app or go to instacart.com, and they will set you up with a personal shopper who will shop all of your favorite stores. You can get free delivery on your first order of $35 or more, alcohol excluded. Click the link in our show notes or our social media bio. Seriously, stop going to the grocery store. I couldn't if I wanted to. I can't find my keys. Our special guest today is very talented, triple threat of a father, actor, writer, and host. He's currently working on season two of his wonderful podcast, Attempting Fatherhood. Please welcome friend of the pod, Bradley Hasmeyer. Welcome, Bradley. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for joining us so much. How are you, man? It's been a while? It has. The last time I saw you, I think my daughter was like one. We were living in LA since then. <laughs> we've moved to Phoenix two years there, and then Brooklyn for three years, and now we live south of Atlanta uh, in a little town called Fayetteville, and I'm not in the military, <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> Question two already answered. Yep. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about your experience about being a father, how you became to be a father, and uh, you know the quick rundown. So actually, I became a father eight years ago tomorrow. My daughter's birthday is tomorrow, She's turning eight, so this time eight years ago, I was actually heading to the hospital, and I'll, I'll never forget, when you're on the 405 going south, the carpool lane has this gnarly bump, and I don't even know why, but it's always been there, and it was like, that was, she, she's like, water's broke, baby's there, we hit that bump, and she's like, ah, like the baby almost came out. At that saying, and that's when she gave birth. <laughs> that's how she. That's how Ellis came to be. Yes. Uh, right there on the floor. Uh, right there on the four hundred five. Um, well, that's incredible. That's the baby bump. Um, yeah. So became became a dad at that moment. Baby on the four hundred five. No, I know we didn't have a baby on the four hundred five. For you guys listening, my wife has just <laughs> broken into this conversation from the other to side. Confirm that they had a baby on the four hundred five. This is good stuff. I, I'm just giving you a play-by-play hand. Yeah. He is getting okay. a quick rundown. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for you guys to listen and know that what just happened has happened to so many of us dads. I can't, I can't tell a story the right way. And look, I'm not saying I'm telling the facts correctly. I'm never claiming that everything I say is true, but my wife is so quick to get in there and to say, no, it was actually three years ago. Okay, fine. It was three years ago. Who cares if it's two or five or three? It's just, it's a number. I'm trying to get past it. Yeah, it's totally fine. You know, details really aren't that, that important, but really what she, did, what she did was she revealed that she was standing on the other side of the door with a cup. <laughs> she had a cup in her hand? <laughs> a cup in her ear. It was <laughs> actually a stethoscope. She's a little higher. It was like oh, really there high we go. End. Yeah. Um, but she is correct. None of what she said was wrong. It was just that I was trying to make this a quick story and she wants it to be a right story. And therein lies and that's fair. some of our differences in our in our marriage. We'll have her on the fact checking portion after. Yeah, she'll be on after. <laughs> <laughs> so she was actually my wife Kirsten, um, 
was paired through Big Brothers Big Sisters with our foster daughter, Ashley. At the time, uh, they were paired for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Ashley came to live with us when she was 18. So Ellis was already born. So Ashley is not legally a foster daughter, but she's kind of like a kinship foster. Okay. And she's 25. And then wow. as of uh, December of 2020, we officially adopted my now one-year-old son, Loic. Uh, through oh, private domestic adoption. So we kind of have a little bit of everything. What's amazing to me is that you thought, I want to be a father, but I also I want to be every type of father. <laughs> I, you know what? That's, that's the thing. I, I felt like, uh, you know, I worked in restaurants for years, and I always felt like the managers who were the best managers were hosts. They were on the line. Sure. They were bussers. Yeah. They were servers. So they could be a manager. They kind of got it. And so, you know, I feel like I've got uh, I've got a card for every scenario. Someone's like, yeah, you want oh, this yeah, perspective? But... Got that one, too. Yeah, want another? Got, got that one, yeah. too. Yeah. Raising like, a bio my... kid. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, it is. I, I can talk about that. <laughs> Adopted kid. Got it. Adoption. Got it. Foster. Got it. What you want? I'm just a busser. Yeah. See, but you know what? I bet you do a great job. I bet those tables are really clean. Oh, spotless. yeah, they are. Well, spotless tables. no, I can't. There's nothing spotless in my house. I was going to say we have two-year-olds. There's nothing. A two-year-old and a five-year-old. Everything 36 inches down is pretty much ruined. Mm-hmm. The videos that you guys did just the other day about how you turn around and the place is a mess is so 100. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> it's that's 100 percent how it is here. I'm just kind of like, I think I'm just gonna stop cleaning up. I, I wonder, would it just be better to wait till the end because what you put away gets put back out. So it's not like it would amass continually. And then at the end of the night, you'd have like an hour of cleaning because the same car I put away comes back out. So what if I just leave it out? I might try that one day. I might just put boundaries on the day and say, Kirsten, we're not going to clean a thing until at night. And let's just see what happens. That's an interesting trial because my son is at the age, he's two, and he's at the the point where I think we have to clean up because he loves dumping out buckets. Yeah, the buckets are all dumped, he's going to go to the bookshelf. He's going to go wherever the wind takes him. These buckets are are cash. That needs buckets are safe. I'm saying he's like a little mobster. He's just going through tossing the place, looking for like the drugs or something. Do you, Bradley? When do you when do you take care of stuff like that? Do you you clean as you go, or like like Kevin here? We usually like to go over to his house in the morning so our kids can run around together and we can plan stuff for for dumb dad stuff. Great idea. But essentially, what they're doing is destroying his backyard, and then I'm I get to be the guy's like, all right, see you later. Yeah. But then he's but he says he has like a good ritual at the end of the night. He kind of walks around in the backyard and when his kids are in bed and he sort of gets to think things through. Do you have, Mm. what's your approach to that kind of stuff? My approach is mixed because, you know, working from home, as you guys know, Mm -hmm. you can be the type of person who can walk over a pile while you're emailing or you're the type of person who can't. And I used to be that way, but out of necessity, I have had to create like a, I'm going to leave the kitchen messy because I know Loic is sleeping for two hours. This is literally my only window. I can clean when he's awake. I can't respond to emails or edit video or whatever when he's awake. So if there's big stuff, you know, we have a couple of bins. I saw like in a minimalist documentary, one of the things they were talking about, I was like, even if you have kids, just get like a big box and then just use that to throw everything in and put a cover on it until you need to organize it later. So we have a couple like big bins, um, not the clock in in London, and we just throw stuff in and cover it up. And, and that's, that's kind of it. But I've also like really tried to be okay with the mess. And I got married later and I was already someone who's kind of like my stuff neat and clean and tidy and having kids, that's literally impossible. So you can't fight against that. Um, so I've kind of tried to break myself. We have like drop areas, kitchen tables, one of them. 
the kind of same thing I guess a bin would probably even look a little cleaner if it fits in the bin but it's really yeah, a couple throw spots it all where it's in. like I don't right. can't deal with this right now but I'm going to have to deal with it later rather than leave it on the floor saying oh, I'm just going to put it over here which that helps a little bit yeah you're right it's impossible you can't you can't keep your house clean it's, it's not fair I've learned so much about the power of expectation for myself such a yeah. perfectionist type of person like you know firstborn I'm pretty chill and relaxed in a lot of ways but my wife has really pointed out how you know I have this need this expectation of myself to be the absolute best at all things like I remember mm-hmm. the first time I played golf I was pissed it's like I just, wrong thing to start good. with <laughs> yeah exactly it's like there's so much nuance and people spend their whole lives and I was like this sucks I'm not having fun and then when you just kind of switch your expectation instead of like oh gosh like you know I want the place to be neat and clean and tidy because a clean house is like a clean interior and I can really start working out of that yeah it's like maybe I find my nook like our room our room make the bed at least the stuff is kind of like put away and then this will be where I work and so then I'll take care of the rest of that later so that's part of just one of the many things I'm sure you guys can attest to as well that just like I've grown as a person being a dad yeah um my our room same situation our whole house has been free reign we moved into our house um it'll be a year this july so still new spot and so the kids have kind of had free reign because we were just like moving in for a while it's so hard moving in with two kids like you moved three times you said well technically lived in la yeah i moved to, to phoenix for a job and right around there Ashley, who we promised that we would help get her through high school, LAUSD changed their graduation requirements. So instead of three months, it was then nine. Sure. So I moved to a tiny apartment in Phoenix while Kirsten was solo parenting in LA between an 18-month-old and an 18-year-old. Then we moved the whole family to Phoenix. Then we moved uh, to Brooklyn and now here. All that to say, yeah, we've moved a ton, but this last time, like you said, was the hardest because Loic is like scrambling all over the place. Ellis is getting frustrated. We've got boxes everywhere. It was hard. It's it's brutal (laughs) because all all the other times I've moved, moving from New York to LA, wife and I were unemployed. So it was in a good way. It was great because then it was like, we can move in, we can take our time, paint the walls, like do the things. And now it was like moved into a house, jobs we still have, two kids we have, (laughs) like get to work. And then the father-in-law was moving in and we told them, you're welcome to come whenever and, and live with us as soon as you're ready. No rush. We'll be there, you know, this date. And he was like, all right, then I'll be there that Saturday. And we were like, well, you don't have to. And, took, uh, and he was. He was there. We moved on Thursday and he was there Saturday. I'll be there at 8.15 in the morning. So all that to say we have all that to say we have no bound, we have no boundaries and we've had to start making a rule recently of being like, you guys aren't allowed in our bedroom. Like, unless you want to come in in yeah. the morning to say hi. Like, yeah. This is, it's just every room. It's just a tornado. I think that's such an important and boundaries. That's another thing that like, you know, as you get older, you realize like how vital those are for yourself to, to create, you know, and, and, and really within the family, I think it's an element of discipline that's really healthy for your kids to know like yes and no. But I think just for my own mental sanity, I need a, I need a corner, right? I need a nook. Mm -hmm. I need a place that's mine. Yeah. Especially in the last 14 months or whatever that we've all yeah. gone through. I mean, it's yeah. even even more important, I think, to have a, a space or just a yeah. mindset, anything you can get out. Because there's like no breaks, you know. Let me ask you, Bradley. So you, you move a lot, but you and you're in the entertainment industry. But have you been basically a stay-at-home dad sort of in within all that? Yeah. yeah. So at the, at the very beginning, so I was like many people in L.A. I was an actor and, and working in restaurants. 
in 2010, I booked a show called Translogic, which is like a transportation technology. It's like Top Gear meets Bill Nye. So -hmm. I was the host of that. Um, We wanted to be married for a year, at least a year, like no kids. Let's just focus on us. Let's, you know, Mm -hmm. 30 and 31 when we got, or almost 31 when we got married. Um, Careful, she's listening. She's right on the other side of the door. No, she's not. (laughs) Um, Yeah, once Ellis came along, like a lot of people in LA, no one has a real job. So, you know, that's that's why yeah. brunch at, you know, Tuesday at, at uh, 12 o'clock is like <laughs> popping. You're like, what? That's why, yeah. Who are all those people? That's, that's why the freeways are packed. Nobody's got like a nine uh, to five. Yeah. All those so, people don't have auditions right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Imagine that. I had mostly not auditions the whole time I was there, actually, yeah. which was great. That's a pretty familiar feeling. Man. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was always kind of because of that freelance. But when Ellis turned uh, close to two, I got a gig in Phoenix hosting a daily pop culture news show. So this is the first time that I had like a guaranteed paycheck every two weeks. But that was the very first time like weekends were a thing. Whereas before my schedule was home for three days, gone for four, back for two, gone for five, home for three weeks, gone for two days. So it was yeah. really sporadic. And yeah. this was this kind of more consistent, like a lot of dads experience now. So, so what do you do right now? Are you, do you work for a website or do you do something like you did with Gear Patrol or what are you doing right now? So I'm on a contract with Honda and Acura. So I host all, all their on-cam digital stuff. So, hey guys, let's check out the new Accord. Here we are with the new Ridgeline out in the desert. Sure. I like the new looks, like this kind of yeah. thing. Obviously 2020, we pivoted to a podcast because there were no live events, no New York auto mm-hmm. show, LA auto show, everything was shut down. Yeah. And that's kind of intermittent too. There may be a month that I've got three events and then there may be five months where I have nothing. Wow. But that's part of why I launched my podcast. I had pitched an interview show with dads. It was an on-cam, like multi-cam, digital experience kind of thing with dads, celebrities, and it was through this other website. We were right on the cusp of getting a signature February of 2020. The brand signed on to produce 16 shows. We were you know, signed on and then New York started shutting down. So the brand was like, oh, let's, let's wait a minute. And then, you know, that kind of went, went up. So, you know, the attempting fatherhood stuff is just kind of on my own. Like this is for you guys. Like this is a passion project that Mm -hmm. is like, well, you know, I've kind of got the time I want to stay sharp and I'm doing that. And then business insider, I write for them. I I work with the kind of parenting vertical. So it could be everything from like, you know, gifts for new dads. I just wrote an article about that. Mm -hmm. It could be five uh, things to have in your car for a road trip, that, that kind of thing. Those are kind of my main things. And then Moving to Atlanta is a totally new uh, area as far as uh, acting. So I had a commercial agent in New York. They connected me with a manager down here. So now I have a manager and we've connected with an agent. Now I'm going through new headshots. We're kind of revamping that whole. Yeah, you kind of got to. Yeah. So fun. So, you kind of got to start the process. hundred percent. Right. Because they how they market you in the city. But that's that's cool i was yeah i guess i was curious to know like how you were balancing work life and all that kind of stuff but of course everybody pivoted yeah. in the last year and so yeah. it's, it's it's pretty much redefined i do have a uh i have a question so your your child is eight yeah you said? ellis uh is eight well should be eight in a few hours okay <laughs> we'll stay on we'll stay on until we get there so attempting fatherhood just to be clear yes. is the name of your Thank podcast you. and what drew you to want to do this podcast like what about because for us our angle is the dumb dads and and it's a this is primarily you know it's a comedy podcast and so that was like the angle we wanted to go with it of how we all mess up as parents so what did, what was it about being a father that attracted you to want to pursue it yeah great question you know i think for me um the the first thing that started like the the pitch for the show originally and the podcast kind of came out of that was 
the unique element of how easy it is to connect with any other dad, whether we've grown up together or I just met you at Trader Joe's, there's an instant connection. And I love that. And and that coupled with, I've got three really good friends. Actually, just this past weekend, uh, we were all hanging out. We were college buddies together, we were roommates, and we just stayed really close. And we have amazing conversations about dad life. And it's everything from like, you know, it sounds cheesy, but like, how are you loving your wife well? Or like, what do you do in this situation? Or like, you know, we're trying to pick a school for my kid. And like, these are the things that, you know, we like this, we don't like that. Do we go public? Do we go private? It's all these conversations that a lot of my other yeah. dad friends aren't having. So I realize the value right. of that. And, and these are the conversations my wife has all the time with text chains, with her sisters and friends from LA and New yes. York. And, and there is that community kind of built in for her and for a lot of women, simply because of the way many women are wired. And for dudes, that's not always the case. And it's not that we don't want to talk about it, as I've found. It's just that you got to either be very intentional, like in the podcast where it's like, yeah, you're successful and you've done all these things. I don't care about that. Let's talk about being mm -hmm. a dad. And you can really drill down to this. You almost need an excuse. And then you get some really amazing yeah. advice. Personally, I felt lonely. Or that's not true. I didn't feel lonely. I felt alone in my experience with Ellis when she was first born, primarily because at the very beginning, I was like, I don't like this at all. You know, I told my wife even one time, I was like, a couple months in, I was like, I'm not saying we made a mistake, but <laughs> I don't know. People were like, Bradley, you're gonna be such a good dad. You're gonna be such a good dad. And no one really prepared me. And you can't be fully prepared, but no one really like set those expectations right. for what is to come. So I thought I'm going to imbue wisdom. I'm going to teach, like I'm going to lead, you know, mm -hmm. and then there's a baby and it's like, you know, it's like, we just got to keep this thing alive. Like keep, keep tossing this hot potato in the air and keep it alive. It's like, what? This yes. has nothing to do with like how to make appropriate decisions and be kind in the world. It's like, no, this is, <laughs> I got to feed this thing. And it's yeah. so, you know, for me, a lot of that too was, was built out of that frustration of like, how come no one told me? And then when you get talking with these guys, you find the power of connection and the power of someone saying, you're not alone, dude. I experienced the same thing. And then all of a sudden you're like, mm -hmm. ah, okay. Yeah. I feel that dads want to talk about totally. it. Totally. Is, is my thing. They and want to talk about it and they don't know how to talk mm, about it. They don't know how to talk about totally. it. They don't know if you yes. want to talk about it. So they're, you're not, they're yes. not going to talk about it because I don't know how you feel. I know how yeah. I feel. But like, and it's We're just, not supposed to be emotional. We're supposed yeah. to be robots. And so it, we it, just need to... It's that cartoony like, oh my God, I'm so glad Yeah, it really is. <laughs> kind of. It really like, is. And it's like those types of things in the past for me only happened when I was on like... When I was reviewing cars, we'd go on these amazing press trips where it's like... Mercedes would like mm -hmm. fly you to Saint Tropez and you take the helicopter to this place because they brand the trips around the vehicles you're driving. And oftentimes you'd be in a car with a journalist and you're driving for like two or three hours with someone you don't know. And it took that kind of time to get into the conversations of fatherhood. And I was like, can we just cut into that and just start off by saying like, let's talk about being a dad. And guys are so quick yeah. to say, yes, this has been great. Thank you for this outlet. It's funny. We just did that. We were, we were guests on uh, a different podcast. It was um, two moms. One's like a therapist. And anyway, they were super excited because they said, you, you have no idea how hard it is to find mm. a stay-at-home dad. And on top of that, a stay-at-home dad that's willing to talk about parenting, how difficult it is, the trials and tribulations, the ups and downs, blah, 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 the mental aspect of it, all these things. And there's yeah. two of you. <laughs> and starting this process together and posting these videos online about sort of you know, making jokes about 
the <laughs> nightmares yeah. of parenting, these kinds of things that you've got to get through on a daily basis, the more people reach out, reach back and say, I can't believe you guys are talking about this. So here's my experience. I mean, you're right in the way that dads don't just walk up to their dads like, hey, man, what do you think about being a dad? Let's get into the conversation. <laughs> but um, Excuse me, sir. <laughs> and it's sort of the, but it's, it really is that sort of that classic moms are like reaching out to other moms. Yeah. Women are so good yeah. at this. So we were friends before. And I think that's probably <laughs> typical. <laughs> I have followed Kevin go. around there a lot we go. before. Better, and, better. Um, Let's just cut it the right way. But that probably is true with a lot of dads. That no other dad, like you said, your other friends, you have these great conversations, but you knew each other yep. beforehand. Yep. You guys were roommates and we were in college together. So it's tough. I mean, we start these kinds of things to hopefully get those conversations started, show that it is okay. It's okay to talk about it. Yeah, parenting's hard. It's crazy. It's, you don't have to pretend to be perfect you're gonna make mistakes you know that's the power of vulnerability right no matter what it is like i think yeah. guys i think maybe a step backwards rather than just like we're not expected to talk about it is like we don't have that infrastructure in us we don't have that frame of reference of vulnerability about anything so it's not whether it's parenting or it's your job like job sucks or like i'm worried i'm gonna lose it or anxiety or mental health or we just don't really have that sense of vulnerability. I think maybe there's some kind of like caveman, like never let them see you sweat kind of mentality that I think has really shifted culturally as guys uh, become more and more okay with the idea of saying, I need help. I, I can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it, it used to only be like AA. It was like only in AA, you know, like yeah. I need help. And those people had a place to go to, a community. And everybody else is just kind of like, oh, you know, that's tough for you, you know. Good luck with Good that. Luck. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds yeah. tough. But that's that's. I, I'm really glad to see this shift happening with people like yourself. And there's other really good podcasts that I listen to. The Art of Manliness is a great one. I, I listen to, and and one of the ones they were talking about is just how hard it is for guys to make friends and the power of keeping those friendships and how that really once you lock it in, it's kind of set, but it's really building into that. And I think as dads. Yeah. We have to have a place to go to listen to other people saying, yeah, that was tough too. And I think also dads are great at like, uh, these are huge generalizations, of course, but like I know personally, I love of documentaries. Course. So hearing other dads journey is like a documentary. And I'm able to then be like, ooh, that's a great road trip hack. Like they used a Kleenex box and turned it into this thing for their kid. That's what we're doing. So, you know, the podcast also right. came out of just like myself also, honestly, being like, I need to interact with adults. <laughs> like I have these kids here. I have my wife. She's great. Yeah. We've already talked all we can today. Uh, you know, and so I was like, okay, but if somebody else is on the uh, other end of this yes, thing, hello friend. Great. Can we, um, yeah, I'm doing a, a podcast. Yeah. Cause if I just told my dad friends, I was yeah. like, Hey, I just yeah. want to call and talk for an hour about being a dad. They'd be like, that's weird. But if I'm like, Hey, I've got a podcast. I'd love to talk for an hour about being a dad. They're like, Great, sign me up. Yeah, great. Sounds great. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> I to talk to Reddit for an hour about being dead. That's weird. What if I record it better? Great. Even better. Yeah, permanently put me exactly. in. <laughs> okay, so let's shift gears because it's all great and fun to be the best dad mm -hmm. you can be, but let's all be real here. Okay. We all make mistakes and we all do really stupid things. And so I know we've asked you to see if you have uh, like a favorite dumb dad story or something. I'm going to give a quick one that I've experienced this week. And I don't know, really know if it's a dumb dad moment per se. I'll let you know. But I'll, yeah, this is the great. Sometimes when I'm not, I'm not sure Kevin will let me know. Mm -hmm. So this week I was shooting a TikTok video. And we've done these videos on our TikTok account before about how children are creepy. Yeah, like, I saw this video. It's great. And our both of our children watch our, what's his daughter coins, dad jokes. <laughs> dad jokes. Or our dad videos or our... 
sketches about I want to your dad jokes. Let me watch your dad jokes. Mm. My son just says, can we watch Dumb Dad? <laughs> you already are, son. You already are. <laughs> You're looking at him, kid. <laughs> yeah, just keep watching, buddy. I'll make, I'll make another mistake in a second. And uh, in the end of the video, I sort of mouth WTF. Because in the part of the video I make, it seem like I'm really afraid of my child and I'm shutting the door. And he says to me, can I watch, the, can I watch your Dumb Dad video from today that you made? I said, yeah, sure. So I show it to him. And most of it is without sound. It's just a, it's a scary sound, but I'm, I have the words going across. So he said, can we watch again? Will you read them to me? I said, how, sure. old is you, how old is this kid? He's six years old. So it kind of makes this better because then I, but I don't, I didn't type that in the video. I just typed everything else. Like, what are you making? I made a heart and it looks like a real heart and all these things. And it gets to the end of the video and you see me mouth the phrase. And he says, well, what did you say at the end when the, you're shutting the door? And I said, oh, I was just... You know, I was like, what's happening? You know, he goes, did you say what the f***? <laughs> no, I said WTF. Yeah, I said, I mean, what surprised me in the, and that we teach our children like, yes, words are words, but you know, certain contexts, you shouldn't really say these words somewhere else. But he, he said it so, so casually, funny. like it was yeah. Kevin talking yeah. to me. Like, did you say what the f***? And so it caught me off guard in the way that I was like, "Did you lie?" Well, sort of. I not really. I kind of mouthed it. I was, but I really wanted to say, well, "How do you?" Right, even, right. What? I like that he, like he became the parent. He yes. Became the, like this, yeah, the child like, who was like, "I didn't swear. Uh, I swear." Is that I didn't swear what you said? No, no. I just, uh, I, yeah. was, I was just saying. But you, and I didn't say, "Hey, don't say that" or anything. I just said, "Oh, well, I mean, I kind of, I mean, I start to say it, but I said, <laughs> what?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic. so i don't know where the dumb dad moment is the dumb dad mm. moment is casually using that phrase around my son way too much apparently but or the fact that he can read lips and still know yeah smart kid yeah that's pretty good i'll give you mine real quick and then and then bradley yeah. you're, you're yeah, up if you're ready always ready so my most recent one is so my kids are taking you know their usually daily bath because our backyard is daily wow you're put together <laughs> It was a subtle drop That's in that, wasn't it? My usual <laughs> oh, no, no, daily no, no. baths. It's laziness. They're sticky all of the time. It should be multiple. That's true. <laughs> it is a time killer. It's a time killer. Uh, little dad hack, popsicle bath. Best way to get them in there, give them a popsicle when they're in the bathtub. They can get as messy as they want, and it'll wash right off. But that's not it's my also why I started popsicle showers. That popsicle sounds showers. like a slang yeah, term you, that though. I'm not supposed to know. <laughs> My my mom and dad said don't look I don't look up know what that means. <laughs> don't Google nope. popsicle shower. <laughs> there's golden showers and there's popsicle showers, neither of which are appropriate for kids or humans. <laughs> I think really for that. Anyway, so the kids are the kids are taking a bath and they're like my son is just over two and we don't fill the bathtub right. that much. Like it's just like at their waistline when they're sitting down. So we'll we'll leave and just check in on them. We can hear them. It's a small house. And so we just pop in every once in a while. And that's kind of in itself the dumb dad moment. Because we just like, we're listening to hear both kids so that one of them's not under, obviously. But we went to go in and my daughter was like, don't come in, don't come in, don't come in. And we were like, that's a bad start. And so you, you rush in at that point. So you just walk in and, and she goes, I didn't want you to come in. And we were like, no, I, no, I know that's why we came in. And she, she goes, I did a bad thing. And she holds up a my wife's broken um, razor for shaving. So we're now panic mode, or like looking for Jaws water and- <laughs> Jaws water. <laughs> Is that from the exactly. popsicle? Did, Did you, you give him cherry or not? I don't remember. I think it was grape. Was it black so, cherry? So we're in a panic and 
We're just like, are you okay? Are you okay? Did you hurt yourself? Are you fine? And she was like, um, yeah, no, I'm what? I'm fine. And I was like, well, what are you sad about? That you broke it? I mean, you shouldn't have. Yeah. What just, happened? Uh, 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 Why am I talking? You were gonna talk. Go ahead. And she was, <laughs> she took the razor blade and just started carving up the bathtub with the razor pot of it, just like running it down, which. As I say it, I feel nails on the chalkboard down my back. So I don't know why she was enjoying it, but she was just just carving out just chunks of the bathtub. She tagged your bathroom (laughs) like they do a toilet seat at a a dive bar. Yeah. (laughs) What? Yeah. What did you? LOL. Like what is a? (laughs) Nice. So is so many dumb dad moments in that of like just leaving her alone and trusting your children, just never. And also the razor. We had that up pretty high. I don't. We don't know how she got it down. It was up high, and it's just like, okay, oh well, gosh. now we can't have erasers anywhere in the bathroom. So nobody's shaving anymore. Women, men, we're just gonna grow it out. <laughs> it's, because it's, it's too much. Oh man. So there. Nice. Beat that. Um, Beat well, that I feel like I feel like since <laughs> playing with knives, I'm not on frequently. Then I'm not gonna go uh-huh. with one from this week because I've got a really solid one. Yeah, give us give us a banger. I was thinking of one, and my wife named it another, and of course that's the better one. So we're we're <laughs> in Atlanta, which is funny because now we live here, but we were visiting and we were we were going to a Hawks game, and there's a Starbucks right by, and we had just gotten into town. My daughter is probably let's see, eight, so she's probably six or so at the time. We're at the Starbucks, we're sitting there, we're meeting my future brother-in-law my current sister-in-law, and Ashley is coming in as well. So Ashley's our foster daughter. She was in L.A. She had flown in. and, and um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, so we're sitting there at Starbucks, and you know, it's about time to go look at my watch, and I look down, and I, as I'm talking, I just start like grabbing food off the table and eating it. And, uh, and I just <laughs> see, like, yeah, I'm just not paying attention. It's been sitting here. It's just, just sitting here. So I grab this. Uh, it's like, oh, there's an egg. I'm just going to eat this egg and whatever. Um, all right, it's time to go, guys. And my six-year-old turns back. She was sitting in my lap. She looked away, turns back and goes, where's my sandwich? And I was like, uh, it's, uh, well, you weren't eating it. She's like, you didn't even ask. And I was like, I didn't ask. I just saw it. I didn't think that you wanted She didn't even ask, which is like me. Being like, did you ask? Did you ask your brother? Did you ask? Yeah, him? exactly. Did you ask me for that thing? So I was like, it's yeah. all right. I'll go get another. I'll get another. So I go up. And of course, no more because it's the end of the night. That was the last turkey <laughs> bacon breakfast sandwich that they had. And she was just absolutely distraught. So I, I bought her like three popcorns and a soda. Uh, I'm still, still paying, paying for it. Us. And I still, I still do that. If there's food on the table, I'm just nibble. I'm not paying attention. This is like, I grew up with three brothers and sisters. Well, I guess two others, three total. And, and it's just like, if food is there, that feels like, I, I eat my wife's food all the time. And she's like, I went to the bathroom. I'm mm-hmm. like, you didn't say anything. It was sitting right there. I wasn't even hungry, but it was there. <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom. Not even Don't hungry. eat my food. That should be clear. Okay. All right. Not even hungry is the best part. <laughs> Another one, another one that I thought of, and this one, this is very classic me, is I tend to blur that line between like brother and dad. 
with my daughter. My daughter's like kind of like rough and tumble. Mm -hmm. And so we wrestle a lot and, you know, we do like pillow fights and this kind of stuff. So we just have that kind of built into our relationship. We would go hiking a ton and we just love to kind of rough house. We're going canoeing. We're at this like church camp weekend and it's like every, you know, it's the end. Everyone's exhausted. You've been sleeping in crappy cabins on crappy beds and mosquitoes are everywhere. We're going to finally, we see this beautiful lake. It's right there. We're going to get in a canoe and I'm, and we get our life jackets on and I get down, I squat down. Here comes Ellis down the pier and I'm like, yeah, you ready for this? She's like, yeah. I'm like, you ready? Yeah. So I run up and I grab her life jacket and I pull her toward mine and I, I don't realize that the buckle is at her face level. And so I just smash her face into the buckle of my life jacket. Her, <laughs> she starts bleeding in her teeth. She starts crying. She has to turn around. And we had done our best to coax her to go and do this thing. And Kirsten just... So she, she wasn't, she she was wasn't ready. ready. I went anyway. She was hey, not ready I had for my that. best. So you can just wait on the shore. <laughs> but, yeah. That's good. I like... You're my... The first one is such a good example of you being a very good parent and then yeah. paying for it. Meaning that you have instilled yeah, the right it was the proper reaction. thoughts in your daughter that like, hey, yeah, it's a proper reaction, but you're like, oh man, I just did the opposite of <laughs> totally. what I taught you. <laughs> what is the matter? That's, you know, that that's such a good but, yeah, example fair, though, she, of you know, like, even parental vulnerability. Like my amazing parents, my parents are still married. I never remember the conversation of them being like, I know that's hard for you, this was hard for me or relating an emotional mm-hmm. moment like Ellis knows you should ask me and I was able to say you know what I'm sorry you're right please forgive me yeah Be- and, and and instead of it always being this parental hierarchy there's an element of showing yeah. how to ask forgiveness humans. how to show humility in yeah. that and that's something that you know I, I just don't I, I don't know if that's new it seems like it just wasn't something I had growing up. We no. t- we talk about that too. Like we do not pretend that we are going to give advice. We yeah. will not give advice yep. on this podcast, other than don't get cocky because we know that it bites you in the ass. But the, the end popsicle uh, showers. And popsicle show. <laughs> the but the power of apology from a parent seems to really be. I guess you're right. I don't know. New concept? No, I'm not going to say my parents No, likewise. Me, but no, they would. They would say, I'm sorry. I'm just... sorry you're such an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> that's clear. But it's true. That's something that, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that's also why I thought it would be so fun to have you on here is the, the, the power of real parenting now, shared parenting, active mm. dads. And not that dads aren't active at all, but the the point is to share in that a little bit, talk about it a little bit more. And I mean, look what we're doing right now. You live across the country from us, and we can still yes. sit down and chat about parenting and what it means for us to be dads. And that's yeah. pretty cool. Well, and that's that's yeah. the beauty beauty of it. And I think if you like watching TED talks, then the reason behind that is like you're learning, right? And I think I think in the same way, like when I talk to other dads. I learn from them. And and it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to bring that into my parenting, but it's like, that's a cool perspective that I never considered, you know? A, a good example of that is is my wife had read an interesting article about the power of no. When I grew up, you did not tell your parents no. Parents said, yes, th- we're going here, that's it. And the power of no doesn't mean the kid is getting their way, but it does allow them the freedom to practice disagreeing and saying no because if you can't say no that's when you start getting a power struggle with with you know a a girl and a guy and the guy says we're going to do this thing and the girl doesn't want to but she doesn't know how to say no appropriately or doesn't have the confidence to be Mm -hmm. able to say no because it's always been told the authority tells you 
You have to say yes. You can't say no. Who are you? You're a kid. You can't say no. So, you know, we're going to go do this thing. And Ellis says no. And we say, we understand that you don't want to. We understand that. But we as the parents are making the decision, which is vastly different than because I said so. Don't talk yeah. back. These kinds of things. Yeah. So that's a yeah. great example of parenting tips and advice that's just come out of conversations. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's, well, that's real great. I do have I do have one thing I wanted to ask you. Probably earlier before the dumb dad stuff, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just, I'm, I'm curious because of adoption and the, and the yeah. fostering, that's so great that you do that. And a lot of people don't and more people should. And what, what drew yeah. you to that? What inspired you to do that? And was that something you would do again? You know, Ashley came into our lives through big brothers, big sisters, through the relationship that Kirsten had with her. And so... You know, a hundred times out of a hundred, I would do that again for reasons that I would not have expected at first. Not the least of which Mm -hmm. is learning her story, learning about her, learning where she's from, how she grew up, Mm -hmm. has vastly grown my maturity, my wisdom, my understanding um, in ways that no documentary, no book on the black experience could, could tell me. Mm-hmm. No interview show, like just living with her. And, you know, our job to her, our promise was we'll help you finish high school and we're going to show you how a working, how marriage works, the ups and the downs, the frustrations, the highs, the lows, all this kind of stuff over our, over mm-hmm. our time here. Um, and we're going to love you unconditionally. Those were the three kind of tenants that we had when she, when she moved in with us. Just re- just reiterate, how old was she when she moved in with you at first? She was, had just turned 18. And when, and when, how old was she when she first met your, your wife. Eight. So Eight. she knew her for 10 wow, years. Wow. Yeah. So, so you, so she did not trust you. Well, first. you know what? She's like, <laughs> who's this, who's this yeah, dude? Exactly. I think because Kirsten had kind of given me the stamp of approval and I had hung out with her, you know, a number of times because really Ashley was Kirsten's oldest relationship in LA through, you know, all of her acting yeah. and everything else. So, yeah. God, and so that was amazing. one of those things that like, it just kind of, it's what was in front of us. And we said yes to it. You know, when Ashley needed a place to live, mm. we were like, okay, that was never part of the plan, but that's right. how it went. And we said, okay, with Ellis, that's we, great. you know, we were like, all right, let's wait a year. Let's have a kid. We did. It happened. And then we experienced what they call secondary infertility. We couldn't have another kid for, it mm. seems like a variety of reasons. Um, and we kept trying and trying and nothing was happening. And then, you know, then we would move and it's like, okay, well, we just moved to Phoenix. Let's give ourselves a year. And then, okay, now let's start. And, oh, we just moved to New York. Let's not get pregnant. Her pregnancy with Ellis wasn't awesome. It was a lot of like, you know, morning sickness and not able to move around and, yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff. So adoption was always in our thought process, but we thought we'll have two or three, what they call bio kids or kids naturally um, between us mm-hmm. and then we'll adopt or maybe two kids and then we'll adopt. That was in the plan, but the timing was totally different. And the domestic Mm. adoption, you know, we thought about foster to adopt, but there were uh, some variables in there um, that because of my travel schedule just wasn't really going to make that plausible. The thing with domestic adoption, the major issue there is just how expensive it is. It was roughly $40,000 to domestically adopt. So our two-year process was mostly fundraising. And we had to take classes online and we had to do fingerprints, background checks, you know, all these kinds of things. There was one year that we were just doing great in New York and money was coming in and gigs were happening. And we were like, okay, I think we can do this. We're actually in, in, this sounds bougier than it is, but we were doing an apartment swap with a family in Paris. They used to live in our neighborhood. 
So they said, we need somewhere for three weeks. Mm -hmm. We were like, we'll go to Paris. This is great. So while we were in France, we decided, it's a yeah, fair it's a fair deal. deal. We decided, yeah, let's go for this. Let's, let's officially go for the domestic adoption. The money will, will sort itself out. And then not three months later, three gigs that had been there for four years just disappeared. And all of a sudden we went from thinking, yeah. we can probably write a check for a big chunk of this to we can do none of this. So we were fundraising, we were selling t-shirts, yeah. we were doing like this puzzle fundraiser thing. You know, it was like we were trying to bank away money this whole time. So that was really hard. That And, and the waiting of that was tough because you never knew when it was gonna go down. And, and the, the story sure. with Loic itself, like the abbreviated version is like, we were just walking down the street in New York one day, we get a phone call at lunchtime and they said, you need to be here tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. to meet the birth mom, the caseworker, and uh, our social worker and your new son and we were like son so it's a son okay great so this is and all of a sudden you know we had to hustle up and and get down there we wrecked our car on the way out the next morning totaled it had to borrow another car there's so much uncertainty and then there's uh you know birth mom is amazing and we were like oh my gosh we're so lucky like she's like i'm so lucky to meet you guys and we're like we're so lucky to meet you you're amazing and she, you know, and, and there's so much yeah, variation yeah. in that too. Like the, the whole adoption process is like saying like, I'm going to move to LA to be an actor. That could look so many, you could sitcoms, soaps. Right. Dad podcast. Yeah. Da, yeah. Dad and, pod and, and, yeah. <laughs> and what you're saying, either way, it's easy. All easy how, answers. How long are you going to do that acting thing? Oh. <laughs> know, how long are you going to do the engineering? Are we ever, are we ever going to see you yeah. on TV oh, or anything? <laughs> Have you done? Worst question so, ever. So, yeah, you know, as I've gotten older, something I've really started to try to embrace is just being open to what's going on in front of me. Mm -hmm. Even in my career, you know, at one point I had exactly everything lined up for what my five and 10 and 15 year goals were and plans and all this. And mm -hmm. then it just, you know, gets sideswiped. And so the adoption thing was like, yeah, we'll adopt at some point. And then it was like, we're not getting pregnant. We need to move these plans. We need to adjust. We need to be open to the mm -hmm. reality of what's going on. Part of that really was also providing a sibling for Ellis and to watch her love Loic in a way that like, she's a much better parent than I am. <laughs> I mean, she <laughs> has so much more patience and she's just so sweet. Yeah, first of all, Loic knows, knows not to steal our sandwich. I'll tell you that. <laughs> he would never. He would never. <laughs> he would never. Yeah, so, I mean, that it's a much longer story, but overall, like, you know, just the variety that all of those things have brought into my life. As dads, you're, you can't be unchanged. It can go worse. Mm -hmm. It can go better. Mm -hmm. You can grow. You mm -hmm. can run away from it. But you won't be the same. Right. For sure. Yeah. Well, Bradley, I think we've probably taken about enough of your time as we possibly can. I would just but, normally be sleeping um, right now. So this is fun. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Let the people know. How they can find you. Yeah, uh, Attempting Fatherhood. You can find that at attemptingfatherhood.com. Uh, it's available all places that wonderful podcasts are sold. You can also find us on Instagram, Attempting Fatherhood. Um, and, and like I said before, my hope with it is just to be another positive voice that's pushing men forward and just saying, hey, you can do it. The tag for it is Attempting Fatherhood, the podcast for all us dads out there just trying our best. And, and that's the hope is... Jumping on the train like you guys, elevating the dad and, and encouraging them and just saying, go for it. Keep it up. This has been great. And uh, everybody, well, most of the people who listen to us know they can follow us at Dumb Dad Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Thanks, guys. Like and subscribe. Write reviews. Which one of you clowns has a dumb dad joke? 
Did you bring one, Bradley? Do you have a Do you have a favorite dad joke? We always end on a really hilarious, meaning awful dad joke. You know what? My problem with dad funny. jokes is like I'm, they're so in the moment for me. Mm, it's just like same. when it comes up, it just comes to me. Oh, have we done this before? We ask uh, Siri to tell us a dad joke. Oh, that's a great idea. Hey Siri, tell me a dad joke. What is a clock's favorite time? It's gotta be six thirty, hands down. Ah, uh, there you go, Siri. That's good. All right, I'm using that one tomorrow that's on Ellis. Yeah. That'll be your birthday gift to her. Not that she has I any don't. idea who we are or will ever That's care, not true. I've shown her your birthday, videos. Alice. Happy birthday, Alice. Except, except the one with WTF, because I don't want to explain that right now. <laughs> no, don't ruin no. your child like he did. Thanks yeah, again, Bradley. Much Thanks, love, Bradley. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome to the world, little one. Welcome to life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.